Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you are looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. We're going to actually wrap up our series this week on the armor of God. <clears throat> and if you if you think back, you may go, um, hey, didn't we, um, didn't we finish the last piece of the armor last week? And uh, yes, we did. And so that's kind of a natural thing to think, you know, hey, that might be the end of it. But there's actually one more thing that Paul talks about <clears throat> in this in this passage of scripture when it comes to our um, when it comes to the armor of God. So our foundation for this entire series has been Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. But I'm going to actually only read verses 17 and 18, and I'm going to tack on 19 and 20. Okay? And so I put those uh, that scripture up on the screen. Jules is going to put it up there for us here in just a second. And you can follow along there. I'll read it out loud in your hearing. So Ephesians 6, 17 through 20. It says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Those are the last two pieces of armor. Then he says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Four, four times in those last three verses, Paul says the word pray. <clears throat> and so as a kid who has grown up in church and I have seen and heard this passage and read it several, several times, I thought um, that the analogy ended with the sword. Because remember, this whole thing is an analogy, a comparison between the Roman soldier's armor and um, the spiritual application of that armor. That's the whole thing that's going on here. And I thought the, the comparison ended there, and then he just kind of like, without telling us, shifted over to like the spiritual side, right? Like, you got the armor, now let's talk about like a, a spiritual thing that has nothing to do with the, with the soldier. But I was wrong, because I found out in my study it's the first part of your notes there, there's three lines, <clears throat> that it was custom for armies in Greece to offer prayers, offer prayers to their pagan gods. It was custom for the armies in Greece to offer prayers to their pagan gods for success before they engaged in battle. The Apostle Paul uses this as a reference for believers in Jesus to depend upon their captain, the captain of their salvation, and pray constantly. So here we have all of these Roman soldiers, notoriously ruthless, murderous, ready to, to, to pound on all of their enemies. And before they went out into battle, they stopped, gathered together, and prayed to their pagan gods. They prayed to gods that some of them didn't exist. All of them are not anywhere near as powerful as the God of the Bible. They're, they're nowhere close to his power, but they still prayed to them, these pagan gods, for strength before they went. And Paul is telling us, hey, 
put all of your armor on him. When you do that, you'll still be standing. But after you get fully dressed for battle, before you walk out there on the battlefield, before you take a step in the direction of the enemy, I want you to pray. Prayer, as you're going to see, is not just something that Christian people do to check off the list to be like, I did good on my Christian walk today. No, this is something far more in-depth and effective and personal than we may have ever understood. So in that verse 18, in verse 18 and 19, there's four things I want to talk about here today to draw our attention to, and then we'll do one fifth thing at the very end. So, verse 18, Paul says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. <clears throat> so, number one in your notes, pray in the Spirit. Paul is instructing us to pray in the Spirit. Now, for all the people like me in the room who, were, who was raised in an old school Pentecostal church, you know, where they kicked their boots off and ran around the sanctuary in a Jericho march, Hoot and hollered, and you know, dip, they didn't have oil, they had buckets of Crisco, right? Dipped their hands right in, let me pray for you. You know what I mean? It just splattered everywhere. Went home with zits all over your forehead. You might as well take a stick of butter and rub it right all over your face, right? Because that's how much oil they used to douse you in, right? Um, this, you, would, you may see this phrase, pray in the Spirit, and think immediately it means get hyped up and pray in tongues. Praying the prayer language. Now, there is scripture. To back up a heavenly prayer language and the Spirit of God will pray through you with, with utterings that can't be spoken. But that is not what this phrase, pray in the Spirit, is talking about. So the Greek word used for pray in, that word in the original language has several different definitions. It means, I listed off four of them here in your notes. It can mean by means of, with the help of, in the sphere of, or in connection to. So when he's saying pray in the spirit, he's saying um, in connection to, by means of, with the help of the spirit. Next line in your notes. Praying in the spirit is prayer that is led by, led by, and with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, Matt, what are you talking about the Holy Spirit is helping me pray? If that definition means that he's supposed to, praying in the spirit means he's, leading me and he's helping me pray how do I help me help my uh, my mind wrap around that to gain some understanding I got a couple of uh, commentaries that we're going to look into that really help explain this better than I could have in my own words so we're going to read these together and the first one is the pulpit commentaries this scholar here makes this makes this observation true prayer is spiritual and it is not true prayer Unless by the Holy Spirit, the heart is filled with heavenward longings and aspirations. Changing our prayer from cold form to heartfelt realities. The ordinary habit of the soul should be prayerful. Realizing the presence of God and looking for his grace and guidance. And watching thereunto, that is, towards spirituality, against Formality as also against forgetfulness and neglect of prayer. What he's doing here is helping us see that there is a line that is drawn separating spirit-led, effective, spirit-guided prayer and this formal, 
rigid, um, uh, unheartfelt, just mental um, a chance or these little things that we say over and over again. He's dividing the two of them here. And next line in your notes. Prayer should not be crusty, stale, repetitive, rigid, or routine. Prayer should not be crusty, stale, repetitive, rigid, or routine. It should be a life-giving exercise as we are conversing with and experiencing the presence of Almighty God. Now, we could stop a message on prayer right here and try the rest of the time to explain and define and wrap our head and heart around what it means to talk to the almighty, all-powerful God. Scripture says that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is above everything and nothing happens without his permission or his cause. He is the fairest of 10,000, the lily of the valley, the bright morning star. And when you say his name, you say a mouthful. We could stop right here and just be crushed under trying to figure out how in the world that the creator of everything that you see, the uncaused first cause of everything that has ever been existed that and in our universe, that God wants to connect with and talk with and empower you. I don't know about you, but that right there should cook your noodle to the point where you didn't understand... How in the world, why in the world does he even want that with me? Why? Because he knows that it's better for you. He knows you were designed to be in perfect relationship with him. So prayer is conversing and spending time with and making petitions known to the God who created you. And he knows that you can't do anything for him, but he can do everything for you. And because he loves you, he wants you to connect to him for your sake. Because we can't do nothing for him. That is love. Pray in the spirit. Number two, in your notes, pray at all times and on every occasion. Pray at all times and on every occasion. I'm going to go back to one of these commentaries, Adam Clark. When, when I saw that phrase, at all times, he gives a great definition for this. It refers to the different kinds of prayer that is performed in public, in the family, in the closet, in business, on the way, in the heart without a voice, and with the voice from the heart. All those are necessary to the genuine Christian, and he whose heart is right with God will be frequent in the whole. If you're wondering what that last statement means, it means he, he who is in right standing with God will be unashamed and prepared to pray at all times in every way that has been listed and the ones that are not. Next on your notes, prayer can and should take place everywhere. Prayer can and should take place everywhere. We'll keep going in your notes. We must be ready for public, private, mental, and spontaneous prayer. We must be ready for public, private, mental, and spontaneous prayer. 
<clears throat> how does this happen? That I go to work, and the person sitting in the cubicle next to me, who's working in the bay next to me, who's working on the line next to me, wherever it is you work, or however your job is set up, they are breaking down before their shift because fill in the blank happened in their life. And they feel some reason compelled to share it with you. And do you go, that sucks? Or do you go, hey, I believe in the almighty God. Would you mind if we prayed real quick? Engaging in public, open prayer for other people at all times. And on all occasions, being ready to be led by the Holy Spirit to pray. You are going to have times, the longer that you pray, you are going to have times where the Spirit of God is going to drop somebody in your heart that you have not been thinking of. You're going to be driving to work. You're going to be sitting at dinner. You're going to be getting up and, and getting ready for work. Some At some point in time, the Spirit of God is going to drop somebody in your heart, and you're going to go, I don't even know why I'm thinking about this person. This is crazy. And you may go, that was weird, and move on about your day. I would encourage you to not shake that off. There's a good possibility that the Spirit of God is dropping them in your heart to say, right now, I want you to pray for them. Pray for what? I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit. Sometimes He may give you an oddly specific thing to pray for. I want to pray for, sorry, I'm picking on Dominic. You know, he just, in my line of view, sorry, I want to pray for Dominic at his job today. I don't know what's going on with Dominic's job, but we're going to pray that God, you know, whatever is going on, that he has his favor, that he has everything that he needs, that he has. Did it go out again? Um, sorry, we're having some sound trouble this morning. This afternoon, this evening, whatever it is. Um, that's all right. There we go. That's all right. Um, we're going to pray. That whatever he's dealing with at this moment, whatever's going on with his job, that the Spirit of God will be active and, and will be leading him in the decision that he has to make in his job. You don't have to know what the details are. You ain't got to call him and go, Dominic, bro, hey man, what's going on with work? I'm supposed to pray for you right now. I don't know, don't know what it's for. You ain't got to do that. If, that. if God puts somebody in your heart to do that, pray for them right now. That's all you got to do. <clears throat> well, this feels kind of weird. What if I'm wrong? If you're wrong, you just prayed for a brother or sister in Christ. What did you lose? If that happens in your heart, I am telling you now, don't neglect that. Don't push that off. Make sure, make sure that you respond to that. Now, if you're somebody who says, hey, if you're somebody who says, I want to, um, In this, uh, in this, um, this description that we read earlier in this, um, in this commentary, he said to be ready to pray in public. Okay, now brace yourself for this one. If you have a hard time praying in public, it may be because you're not really praying in private. I'm not saying if you have a fear of getting in front of people or saying things like that. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, if you, if, if the, the, the thought of, the idea of praying, praying in front of somebody 
cripples you to that point, it may be because you're not conversing with God privately. Now, you could be like, bro, he's up. I ain't coming through your neck. That ain't what I'm doing today. I'm trying to admonish you to pray to the God of the universe. Why? Because he has every answer to every question that you'll ever ask. He has every ability to meet the need that you need met. He has that ability. He has more than that ability. It's nothing for him to think, to speak, to move his pinky just to the left a millimeter and solve every problem that you've got. It is important that we're praying to him. And if you're somebody who's like, man, I am kind of afraid, uh, afraid to, to, to pray in public, and it is kind of because I don't really pray at home, all right, that makes you human. Don't take that and wear that as I have failed. No, it's an admonition by the Spirit of God from His Word to say, hey, let's pray. Because if my dad, who's been gone for, wow, 17 years, I think it was this year, he's been gone for a long time, but if he was alive and would stand here in this, in this area, I could be able to have a conversation with him no matter who was around. Why? Because he's known me since I was born. We understand what, what the relationship was like. We already have a relationship that has been birthed away from everybody, that when he stood in this room, I got I to have a conversation with him and be comfortable. And that's what prayer is, you talking to your heavenly Father. Number three, pray persistently for other believers. Pray persistently for other believers. Now, I'm going to break this in kind of two sections, okay? I'm going to address the last line first. Christian people do a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Christian people reach out to others. They care for other people. They give to causes. They volunteer. But one thing that we do not do very well, and I will tell you because I did not do this very well, one of the things that, that we do not do well is when someone comes to us with a need and we go, hey, bro, that's terrible. I'm going to be praying for you. When we leave, what do we don't do? Pray. Pray. We say we're going to because we feel like we need to have some type of Christian response to say the Christian thing when someone's going through a hard time. We can't look at them and be like, hey, man, that's terrible. Um, can, we, can we go to God together? we got to say the spiritual thing. Well, bless God. I'll be praying for you, brother. And we don't pray. Let's not be those people. Let's just, well, Matt, how are we going to change the whole church? We can't. We're going to start with us, the fellowship of believers. If someone reaches out to you for prayer, if you know somebody needs prayer, I'm going to encourage you to stop at that moment or the next few moments and pray for them right then. Okay? Pray for them right then. Now, um... Many of you guys know, many of you know, um, the guy who comes and plays drums for us is my brother-in-law's name, Chippy. He has um, a little girl, my niece, who is the girl that if you could squeeze cuteness out of somebody and like bottle it up and sell it for millions of dollars, that would be her. And let me prove it to you. Will you throw that first picture up there, Jules? I mean, come on. <laughs> The cheeks, the outfit, the laugh, the smile, 
I've already got her into motorcycles. Look at there. That girl, that girl grins for days. Her parents, Chippy and Tina, have been married for 13 years. Or 13 years this year. It's one of those two. And soon after they got married, they decided they wanted to have kids. And they spent 10 years trying to get pregnant. 10 years praying, asking God to give them a kid. The first time Tina was pregnant, she came and brought little onesie outfits to that's kind of how she told me and Nina that she was pregnant. And we wept and hugged her and celebrated, and it was awesome. And three months later, she had a miscarriage. And at that point, you're like, God, how are you going to answer a prayer? And then, like, rub salt in the wound a little bit here and then take it away from her. So we kept praying, and then a couple months later, she gets pregnant again with this little supermodel. And all of us were kind of hesitant a little bit to celebrate. Let's get past this first trimester. Let's get in there. Let's, and before she announced everybody, and we just kept praying for her. And then on August 1st, Christiana Leibuati was born. The first place when they walked out of the hospital, put that little girl in the car, the first place they took her was to Chippy's mom. This is This is Fasolo. And if you can't pronounce that word, you can break it down into two parts. You know how people in Boston say the word far? Fa. Fa. And then Han Solo. Just drop the Han. Fa Solo. There you go. You didn't know you were learning someone this morning from a really tasty white guy, right? That's why that's that's our name, Fasolo. Fasolo held that baby in her arms. And the reason it was the first place that Chippy went to take his newborn daughter, I found out later, is because that woman, every night before she went to bed for 10 years, prayed that her son and daughter-in-law would have a child. Every night for 10 years. She got out of the hospital a couple days after she was born. They took her there. And seven weeks later, next picture, Jules. We buried Mom Puzzle. Do we have to see? the end result of what we're praying for come to fruition for us to pray? Do we have to continue seeing some kind of forward momentum getting us closer to the answered prayer to keep us praying? Because my guess is at about year four and a half, on a random Tuesday night when someone was tired after her dialysis treatment, I would think, ah, I've heard this a long time, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, and I would move on. But not her. 
are we willing to continue to pray and believe and ask God for the thing for a decade, even if we only got to see the answer for a short period of time at the end. More than 3,650 days that woman prayed and she got to see the answer of her prayer for only six weeks. Do we have that level of commitment? Because Jesus said we should. Luke 18, 1-8. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. The entire point of this story is to tell his followers, pray and do not quit. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. <laughs> Sounds like American politicians. That's another. <laughs> but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with their constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? He is saying, continue to ask him for what you need. Do not stop. Do not quit. You are asking according to his will. Then keep pounding on that door. Keep going before him. Do not stop asking for it. Because why? He just gave us an example of even an unjust guy gets tired of, even an unjust man gets tired of, man, rattling my cage every day. And, got, and this person doesn't even want to help this person. This judge doesn't even want to help this woman. But the God who created you wants to help you wants to answer your prayer according to his will, and so we need to continue going to him and follow Mom Pasolo's example. And more importantly, the word of Jesus. <clears throat> Hoffman's commentary to the Bible sum this up really good. Through times of discouragement or defeat, when it seems that all is lost, when victory has smiled or when it has failed, let nothing Number four, pray for ministers. Pray for ministers. Ephesians 6.19 is Paul asking the church in Ephesus, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Full disclosure, I was tempted to skip this one. Tempted to skip it because um, I don't want to stand here and be like, I'm just pray for them. Because that's not, how, that's not what we're about. And I was like, ah, God, I can just skip right over this one. 
I know it's in the Bible, but I'll just pass over this one. If they read it, they can get it later. And then the Spirit of God reminded me something that we say here all the time, and I hate love and hate when he does that to me. It reminds me of all the coming on the world. There are no superheroes in the kingdom. There are no superheroes at RCC. And that is especially true for the guy standing here. Father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. 
talk about a couple little insights here about prayer that I think will help us all. Next time you know, the first bullet point there under insights is this. There is no secret recipe to how we should pray. There is no secret recipe to how we should pray. Well, now, I, I, I heard that I have to pray an hour. No, you don't. I know somebody and they pray two hours a day and I don't have two hours a day in my schedule. I don't either. How long am I supposed to pray to, to let you know that I, I really pray? There's no set recipe, no set formula for you to follow. This is exactly what he's trying to get us away from. Remember the, the second bullet point under insights. We don't have to pray for every single need every single time we pray. We don't have to pray for every single need every single time we pray. The reason I say that is because um, early in my walk with God, I used to think if I didn't get through every unsaved person or relative that I, that I knew, if I didn't get through all of them every single time, that I somehow failed them and failed God, and if somebody got sick, I was like, oh, it's my fault. That responsibility is not on you. You don't have to go through a list to feel like I got everybody in and wear yourself out mentally or spiritually or emotionally. All you have to do is take whatever your care is right now before your heavenly father. The next bullet point. There's no specific length of time prayer should last. There's no specific length of time prayer should last. If you got 20 minutes in the morning, take your 20 minutes. If you do have an hour and you want to allocate it for prayer, do it. You're not getting, uh, the Bible doesn't ever say that you get an extra uh, blue ribbon or an extra crown in your jewel because you went an extra 15 minutes longer than the guy next to you. You're the real deal. The other guy is just kind of a little bit lower than you. Uh, that's exactly what he's trying to get us to And even though there's no secret recipe, we don't have to pray for every single need every single time. There is no specific length of time that we that prayer should last. We should pray frequently and intentionally. We should pray frequently and intentionally. This passage we just read also gave us a handful of things to avoid. First bullet point in your note, in your note the things we should avoid. We need to avoid praying with the intent of looking good to others. Praying with the intent of looking good to others. Now look, remember when he said in, in the, the passage we just read, verses 5 and 6, um, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues. The reason for this is because some of the, the religious leaders, what they would do is they'd wear a certain outfit around town, and they would literally tie a box, a prayer box, onto one of their arms, and sometimes a second prayer box on their headdress. And every time they would pray, they'd make a little jot, a jot little note of what they prayed about, fold it up and put it in their box, so that when they walked, it rattled. When they moved their head, it would begin to shake that little box, and anything inside it would begin to rattle, so everybody else around them knew all that new there is, 
entire intent, their entire intent was to stand before people and look good. And from a pious, arrogant position go, I pray more than you. Listen. Listen. And as they would walk, they would, these things would rattle. And it was them basically telling everybody else, I pray for them. God says if you pray with that intent, the, the praise and the admiration that you give from people is all you get. There's no reciprocity. Second thing to avoid, praying with manipulative intentions. <clears throat> praying with manipulative intentions. I got a little kind of humorous example for this, but you can take the principle and apply it to other things. If you're single girl in here, you got your eye on a single guy in here, and that single guy happens to be looking at a different single woman than you, <laughs> so on the, this is how you're not supposed to pray, God, let him see that that little wretched girl, bless her, sister in Christ, <laughs> Let him see. Bro. That girl, King, committed. She missed you through twice last week. I was there every single time. Except when the car broke down and God, even you sent somebody to pick us up. God, let him see that and end our relationships. And then when he is brokenhearted and he is. Coming to you, let him see the one that truly loves him. Let him run to my arms. I will love him the way you have designed me to in scripture. I will be like him every minute. Next to you, next to you, below you. You'll lose everything. I'll be the next thing. Manipulative intention. Now, that's a very eighth grade. High school. he says to avoid is repeating the same words over and over. He says, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be repeating all these words. Don't be thinking that you have 
this secret formula of a certain word or a certain prayer that's said a certain way to be repeated multiple times at a certain time of day, facing a certain direction, kneeling down, standing up, kneeling down, standing up. Don't get into this rigid, this is what I do. I'm going to be a kneel. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to face this direction. I'm only going to say these words over and over and over again. And if I sin ten times, I'm only going to say ten prayers, try to cover it up. No, that is you relying on your ability to try to cover up your sin. And as we learned earlier this year, that righteousness is filthy wreck. We're not going to go back over what he meant by a filthy wreck. This Some, some Christian authors who write books saying if you pray this way, you will get this stuff. If you pray the prayer out, fill in the blank. Jabez, Solomon, Ruth. If you say those exact words, this guy said those words to God, and this is what he got. And so because uh, we're so short-sighted to realize I'm not that guy in that situation or with those needs at that point in time in history, I'm going to say those exact same words, and now God is obligated to give me the exact same thing that he gave that guy. So if you'll just repeat these prayers over and over, just repeat the same thing over and over. We are not designed or commanded to chant, to have mantras, to have incantations, to repeat these things over and over and over and follow the format of somebody else's prayer that was written down sometime and, and expect that that's the way we're supposed to pray all the time. And it worked. That's not how it works. He's saying, stop repeating the same thing over and over again. And I may have just saved you some money by on the floor. <laughs> it's a little sad Okay, so we've looked at some insights. We've looked at some things to avoid. Now look at, let's look at the next four verses real quick. That's often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus has already identified. Don't be like these manipulative folks. Do not be out there prideful praying in front of people just to look good. Don't do any of this craziness. Go back by yourself. Get away from everybody else and pray to your God there because all these other religions are getting out there and they're announcing their prayer. That's not what I want you to do. I want you to humble yourself, go back in private, and let's be me and you in a relational standing. And when you get back there and when you have those moments where it's just you and me and your intentions are pure, you're not doing it so anyone else would look at you or see you or talk about you or celebrate you or go, that guy can really pray. That lady's a prayer word. I'm not doing, I'm not out here trying to do all that just to get that recognition. When you get back there, let me give you a little insight, a little guide, a little foundation, a little nudge in the right direction of how you should be praying. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Jesus' words pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I find it interesting that in the few verses before, he said don't go over and over and over like Gentiles do. But this prayer is repeated verbatim from memory for people as prayer. He didn't contradict himself. He's giving you an example of the heartfelt intention that's supposed to be going on behind those closed doors when you talk to God. <clears throat> so in this passage, we find a few things to include. The first bullet point there, we should include, one thing we should include is recognize God is our Father and above all. Recognize God is our Father and is above all. Matt, how do I do that when I start to pray? How do I recognize Him? First thing you do is you start talking about how good He is. Express gratitude. Be thankful. Why do that? Does He need our pat on the back? The sun in our solar system does not need an ant on Earth to be like, bro, you're big and pretty powerful. There's nothing for it. It's for you to be reminded that the problem you face is this small. When you praise Him, your mind, your distractions, your concerns begin to change to be filled with an optimism and a hope that is not just some power of positive thinking. No, it is the Spirit of God reminding you, hey, you may think you're running around like hey, your life is the star of, you're the star of your own life movie, but that's not how this goes. You're part of my plan. You are my child. You got me to come here, and I'm going to help you. Talk. I'm going to help you figure it out. The second thing we need to include, pray that God's will and purpose will Pray that God's will and purpose will be achieved above all else. There are times you are going to ask God for something a lot. And he may say no. And if he says no, you're going to have to move from faith and add trust. And trust that he knows better to prevent you getting the thing that you want. How come this person I know gets a whole lot of money and I don't have it? Um, maybe your life falls apart with money below. Maybe your dependence on him goes away with a massive financial loan. And just maybe God is more concerned with you making it to Him rather than you living a best life. I'm not against having money. I'm against the money having money. Another thing to include, ask God to continue providing for our needs for His self-explanatory. The next one, ask God to forgive us 
forgive us and grant us the ability to give the same level of forgiveness to others. <clears throat> and give us the same level of forgiveness to others. In parentheses, I summarize that for you, uh, make us like him. Ask God to forgive us and grant us the ability to give the same level of forgiveness to others. When you begin to ask God to forgive you, he begins to shine a light, an embarrassing light at times, but he shines a light of his truth on your and mine faults and weaknesses, shortcomings, and sins. Words, our immoral thoughts, our disobedient behaviors, the things that we have committed to and that we give our time, focus, energy, and attention to, he shines a light on those things to remind us we're in need of him. The other thing that he does in those moments is when you turn your attention to somebody who's wronged you, and you get that self-righteous frustration, anger, hurt starting to come up in your heart and in your spirit, and you start going, this person did me wrong, I can't believe they did this, I can't believe they said that, I can't believe they acted in this certain way, all of a sudden, hey, shine the light right back over here on what you did. And you need forgiveness, right? person doesn't switch off the, the, the doesn't flip the, the scenario on its head every single time. Many times it won't. But the goal is not to have them come and repent and apologize to you. The goal is for you to forgive and let the wound heal. Let the offense <coughs> go and move on because you need the grace from others as well. Have you done people wrong? The answer for you, let me answer for you, is yes. Is it always well known what you did wrong? No. But you know. And we need that grace for us. Last thing that, that's mentioned here that include ask God for strength to resist sinful temptation and rescue us from there. Ask God for strength to resist sinful temptation and rescue us.
place of tradition instead of what God's word Are there some things that you could add optional for your prayer time? Sure. I, I listen for it with your music. You sing? Sing. Do you want to sing? Sing. You ain't good at it? Sing anyway. <laughs> Buy yourself away from everybody else, but just sing. But use some music. Play a song. A song that doesn't get you thinking about you, but puts your attention on him. Scripture reading. Take a passage of scripture with you. Read it in the time. I'm not going to go into the whole chapter. No one said you had to. Eliminate all these requirements of all this stuff and just use them. I got three verses in. Something just rocked me. I'm not even going any further. Great. We're not trying to accomplish the if you want to read the Bible in the year, there's 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 programs out there and, and, and structures out there to do that, but you're not in a hurry. If you're a married person in this room, are you trying to rush date night with your wife? No. Unless you're in trouble. And you want it to end, guys. Just go. We'll start this. We'll go about it again You're not trying to rush it through. Why? Because I'm in a relationship with somebody that I want to be connected to. The source and author of love. The other thing is, you might want to go the other direction. There's some people who feel like, i got to have music. i got to have a church. i got to work all this stuff in. For those people, you may need this. Push all that off the table for the next month. And be silent. If you play music or read your read your, your scripture on your phone, I get it. But if you can go without your phone, drop it off somewhere. At least turn the notifications off. So the email that you thought you needed for work doesn't come through. And you'd be like, oh, I don't have any answer to that right now. And all of a sudden it just derails your entire career. That happens to me a lot as an overthinker. I got it. Eliminate as many distractions as I can. And I'm someone who's prayed for a long time. Whatever that thing is, I want to encourage you to do it. And I'm going to give you a gift. If you go to, not now, if you go to uh, RCC's website on the homepage, RCC Phoenix, go to the very bottom of the page. I put up a link for whoever wants it, for anybody who needs it, um, to download an instrumental worship album that is exactly one hour long. You can take it, use it for whatever you want. Some people use it to sleep. I've heard some people use it at work. Whatever it is, it was designed to be there's no lyrics, there's nothing. It's a guy at piano playing music for 60 minutes. You can take that, pass it out to whoever you think would find it useful. It's there now. If you need, if you feel like that would be something that would aid you in your prayer, just with it. But what we're going to do today, I thought about how to end this message and truth and full transparency for me is that there's been an extended period of time where I have not purposely went to pray. 
across the dev 